Welcome, welcome to all, welcome to the sixth episode of Divine Timing Ministry Podcast. It's a pleasure for me to be a vessel for God and to spread His words of wisdom and encouragement. And Lord Jesus, I really want to thank you for filling my heart with words that will allow people, that will allow our listeners to have their faith strengthened and their wounds healed. Uh, So for those who are listening for the first time, Divine Timing Ministry Podcast reflects on my journey of faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As a fairly new believer, I am called to share on various aspects of this new life in Christ to help others who, like me, are starting their journey or even for more mature Christians or for those that are in a season of afflictions or questioning or for those that are simply curious about Jesus Christ. Uh, So before we start, I would like to pray. Um, I will lead this prayer by using the first few verses of chapter one of Galatians. Um, I'm very... um, I wonder when God is going to want me to go to continue the Galatians uh, series that we've started like two episodes ago, but um, he wants me to talk about love today. So we'll do that. Um, But before I do, I'll start with the prayer. So Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you today so that I speak, so that you speak through me the knowledge and the advices you want to share with your children. God, I ask you to make me humble and to guide this episode and help me to put my flesh aside. To listeners, may grace and peace to you. Um, may grace and peace come to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I thought it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. May our Lord Jesus Christ reveal himself to you through this episode. In the powerful mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So, marriage for me is holy. And, um... One day I was on Pinterest and I saw a triangle with God at the top and the husband and the wife were at the sides and the closer each of them got to God, the closer they became to one another. And I really like this picture because that's my goal for my marriage. I want to serve God with my kingdom husband and I want to bring glory to his name by loving and supporting one another. And I want my marriage to be a holy example to my children, to my grandchildren, and to my great-grandchildren. I want them to look up to us as a wonderful marriage, even through ups and downs. And today's episode is called Geometrically in Love. (laughs) So one day, um, God told me to draw three geometry figures one triangle one square one circle 
so the triangle i just explained what i saw on pinterest but god asked me to like draw again and then he asked me to draw a square next to it and you know on the triangle as i mentioned you have god at the top and you have husband and wife on each corner so the closer they get to god the closer they get to one another on the square you have god on one corner you have the husband on the next corner and you have the wife on the next corner which leaves a empty space for a fifth corner and then you have a circle but in the circle you only have place for one person which can only be husband the wife there is no place for god so i was like okay where do you want to go with this <laughs> So God explained to me that in the square, this form of relationship in a marriage, the empty fourth space of the square leaves place for distraction. It leaves place for sometimes a fourth person to be there that is not supposed to be there, like a friend or a coworker that the spouse would that a spouse would talk to to reveal their emotions to. Or sometimes it can leave space for a distraction to to keep away from the holy covenant between husband, between the wife, and between God. Uh, yes. So, and in the circle, there's just no place for God, no place for the other spouse. There's only one place for one person. Everything revolves around them. Starts with them, ends with them. I remember that God is the only one that can love you more than your spouse. He chose you. He chose you at at his image and he chose someone who going to compliment you. That's going to compliment you in your strength. And going to compliment you in your weakness. You'll help each other out and everything will be balanced out. So that is why it's super important to leave place for God in your marriage. Um, maybe for some of you, marriage is not something that you want. And I will let God reveal to you what marriage is through this episode. And I don't know if you will change your mind or not. That is not my goal here. My goal is just to speak of what God told me about marriage and how to have God be in the center of your marriage to help the relationship grow and to grow closer to your partner. God has chosen someone for you already. There's a person on this earth that God was like, "Yep. You and you are going to go together and you'll be in holy matrimony and you'll be in perfect harmony. Like you'll you'll complement you complement each other. That person is perfect for your relationship to flourish. You'll complete each other in ways that you'd never imagine. And God knows exactly the time and the place that you'll meet them 
and it will be divinely perfect. Like everything will be aligned and you'll be blown away of how you're going to meet your wife or how you're going to meet your husband. I'm telling you, God reserves a surprise for everyone when it comes to meeting your match. With that being said, let's take a look on what the Bible says about marriages. I chose three Bible verses, which one of them you probably guess, like you probably have heard it in different marriage ceremonies. Um, and it's one that sometimes, even for myself, I was like, I'm not sure I agree with everything, but God really challenged me on this one. And um, yeah, let's see where, where it goes from this because... I used to really not like that Bible verse and you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about. So we'll start smoothly and we'll take a look at Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8. So Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8. I am going to read it just a moment I want to make sure I took the right one in my notes and it's the um, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13 4 to 8 yes So I'll start reading it. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil rejoices with the truth it always protects always trusts always hope always perseveres love never fails and we'll stop there um That's beautiful. And um, I know for some of us, we could be like, wow, that's exactly like how my couple is. That's amazing. Or maybe for some of us, it can be like, oh my God, like this is my parents. They love each other. They're so nice to one another. Even when they're fighting, they always make up to one another. And for some of us, it could be like, uh, I've never seen... <laughs> this type of love in my entire life and it's okay you know I know that this can be kind of hurtful also if you realize wait I've never received that type of love or I've never seen anyone love this way and I want you to go to God with it I really want you to in this moment you can press pause and really tell God about this if you feel hurt I just want to take a moment here, but if you feel hurt by 
by those by this description of love because you realize you've that is not what you've received or that is not where your marriage is right now or that is not what you have received as an example from your parents or from people around you take a moment and take it up to god and say god this is not what i had this is not what i had growing up this is not what i have now in my marriage and ask him to help you and i pray that you receive blessings and that you receive healing from this okay i don't want you to stay hurt and i want you to be angry and to be like bump this episode and skip it listen to it because there is healing to be deal with this because we all want to be loved that's what our heart desires we all want to be loved we want to be loved the right way and the bible will tell you what love is will tell you what love should feel should be like because there's one man who's lived and who's alive again but he's god also jesus christ who loves us beyond measure okay so if you need a moment take a moment and then come back to the episode okay the reason why i paused here and the reason why i say that is because everyone is worthy of having love in their life and if you feel like you'll never have this type of love like you'll never find someone i'm here to tell you that is not true and that god has already someone for you so this love that is patient that is kind that doesn't envy that doesn't boast that is not proud you will have it you will have a love like that a love that is patient and kind you'll have it okay and the reason why you'll have it is because you have that exact same love inside of you we all have love inside of us sometimes it's covered by past hurt hurt sorry sometimes we don't really know how to express it but we all have love inside of us this love that was described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8 describes the love that Jesus Christ has for us it describes the love that our heavenly father has for us it's like a blueprint on how to love one another it always a love it always protects a love that always trusts that always hopes that always perseveres for people who are having trouble in their marriage or relationship and you feel like uh that's not where we at me and my spouse that is so not where we at well love always protects always trusts always hopes and always perseveres so persevere today and ask god to help you reveal where did you go wrong and where healing needs to be applied what are the hurt that happened between you and your partner 
and your spouse and your husband and your wife? What happened? What happened between you two for you to be hurt? And how can God he can heal that? Jesus Christ loves us like this. Jesus Christ is patient. He's not going to force you to come to him. Jesus Christ doesn't force people to become Christians, by the way. I know that Catholic, uh, Catholic religion has been forced on people. Let's not pretend like this didn't happen. But this is not what Jesus said to do. He did not. Jesus comes to you whenever you're ready to receive him. And when you call for him, he'll come. He's a gentleman and he's very patient. He doesn't force himself on you. He's kind. He doesn't boast about being the greatest of the greatest. He doesn't boast about being our Lord. He's not proud. Jesus Christ is not proud at all. And he's not self-seeking either. A love that is not easily angered. A love that keeps no record of wrong. Oh, that is so hard. <laughs> This, those verse, verse five, this verse, verse five is for marriages or relationship that are in a square shape right now. You're not in a good period. And that created a space between you, between your husband or between your wife and between God. You used to have a perfectly triangle relationship But now because of differences, because of hurt, because of arguments, it created a space that separated th all three of you and you drifted away from your spouse. All those pent up emotions, anger, sadness, bitterness make you feel so alone in your marriage and or in your relationship. And you're really trying to include God in it. Or you don't really involve God in it at all because maybe God right now is not on your mind. And one of you or maybe both of you are talking to someone else about your marriage or about your relationship. And that's the fourth space in the square. It can be very dangerous because the marriage was not between you, husband, God, and person number four. Or a distraction. It was between you, your wife or your husband, and God. So as a solution, you use Corinthians verse and remember that love does not dishonor others. And it does not self-seek. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Remember that this is not bringing any, any more. It, it's not worth it, basically, by drifting away and by keeping records of wrong and by being easily angered, you're not giving out love that is patient and the love that is kind.
therefore you're not going to receive it because you're not giving it. So as a solution, it is to identify, okay, here how, here's how my spouse has hurt, has hurt me. Here's why I'm hurt. Here's what they did or do that hurt me. Recognize your emotions and tell them. Tell them how you feel. So that way you don't keep records of wrong. This is not husband three, wife one. Like don't keep tabs on each other on how much the other person did wrong. Rather talk about it and tell your wife or tell your husband, hey, what you did yesterday, the way you talked to me, it hurt me. I didn't appreciate that. And try not to do it in an accusative way, but really say the way that you that you talk to me, I didn't like this. It it hurt me. And try to find where does it coming from? Does your husband or your wife angry at you for something that you did earlier and now they you know, sometimes we can be a bit passive aggressive or we'll just say something out of pure madness because we're just it's too much (laughs) so if you feel like your partner has hurt you tell them without trying to accuse them share your emotions with them and share how their actions or their words are making you feel it doesn't dishonor others it don't insult your spouse don't judge them and don't condemn them But really tell them how you feel. And here I'm really talking about relationship and marriages when there's no physical or um, psychological abuse. This is another topic. And uh, I, um, no one should be tolerant of that. Love is not self-seeking, meaning that don't use your relationship for your own advantage. Don't be in a relationship so you can look good on Instagram. Don't be in a relationship just so that you can flaunt to the world, so they can show off to the world like, hey, look at my partner. Like, yeah, that's the girl I'm dating. Oh, yeah, that's the man I'm dating because you know how we do. But when your partner, maybe, maybe they'll have a crappy day and they won't feel like being on Instagram or they won't feel like dressing up and everything. And then all of a sudden... You're not, they're not in the mood, but you snap at them because you need to be posted on IG and they're not looking their best according to your standards. Don't be in a relationship just because you don't want to be alone. Because you're just using the other person. If you're in a relationship for the self-seeking purpose of not being alone because it's terrifying to be alone i want you to press pause talk to god about this and ask god god i don't want to be alone i'm terrified of being alone help me with this help me understand why i'm feeling this way help me understand if this is due to a past hurt hurt why am i keep mispronouncing my words (laughs) is this past is this is this due to hurt that i had trauma 
anything, but really take it up to God because this is not healthy and it's not good for you. Nobody should be in a relationship just because they don't want to be alone. And I'm saying this because honestly, sometimes to be alone, it is frightening and it is difficult. This I can totally understand. But we should not use one another just to fulfill this emptiness that we have. This emptiness that you have, God can take care of it. So talk to God about this. Trust me. All right? Because if you're in a relationship so that you can be with someone because being alone is terrifying, whenever your partner is busy with their own plans, with their friends and with their family, you'll be hurt and you'll or and or you'll be furious. right? Because you're so used to be with them that whenever they want to do something with their friends or with their family, you take it personal and you're like, oh, they don't want to be with me anymore. And then it frustrates you and it hurts you because you don't want to be alone, but that's not their fault. That leaves an extra space in your square it's no longer you and them it's you them and the hurt that keeps distracting you from having a healthy relationship with them so what are the solution the solution to this is as we saw to express your emotions to your partner to your wife, to your husband, share how you feel, share where you stand in your relationship and communicate with them. But it's also to ask God to reveal your true intentions because sometimes we don't even know. We're not doing this on purpose. So ask God to reveal your true intentions towards your, your wife or towards your husband to see if your love is pure and genuine. Maybe God will reveal some things you didn't even know that you still had on your heart. Or maybe you have accumulated so much hurt or so much just like little microaggressions or stuff like this that you don't even realize that you've been carrying this for so long. So ask God to reveal to you why you're hurt and how he can help you and your wife and your husband fix things so you can be again in a triangle kind of marriage and relationship instead of being square. For those marriages or relationships where it's circle shape, as we know, there's no space for God there's not even space for the other person. It's all about you. The Holy Spirit gave me a Bible verse for this. Um, it's Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. Oh no, that is so not true. I'm sorry. It is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 33. 
listen, this is it. This is the Bible verse I told you about that. Like before I was reading this, I'm like, excuse you, (laughs) but bear with me. Okay. I believe that we shall be transformed. Okay. So, and God really did this on purpose. He's like, you're going to talk about this Bible verse. And I was like, people are going to flip because I flipped And this is specifically for people that are all about themselves. And again, maybe you don't even realize it. Or maybe your spouse has told you, hey, you're being kind of selfish lately. Or hey, what about me? Like you seem to forget that we're in a relationship. But you're like, no. (laughs) Maybe you haven't realized it. Maybe they told you and you're like, no, you're in denial. Listen, ask God. Again, always put God first. I don't condemn anyone. I don't judge anyone because I'm just trying my best here and I'm single. So I have nothing to say, but Holy Spirit is using me to give advice because I'll be married one day. Amen. So, so I need to get myself right too. And it's not easy. It's really not easy. I was in a relationship for seven years. I know, um, And sometimes we do things we don't even realize we're doing them. So ask God, put God first. God, am I, am I in a circle relationship? Like, is this all about me? Like, be honest, God, tell me. And he'll tell you, he'll tell you, he'll tell you, he'll tell you. He won't judge you. He'll tell you. So that's the kind of relationship where everything revolves around one person. Every decision is about that one person comfort. It can be the wife or it could be uh, the husband everything evolves around them we have to do this because otherwise mrs or mr gonna flip we have to change the schedule to go to accommodate you going out what you want there's no compromise it's all about you everything must revolve around you and there's no space for your spouse not even for god even less for god But there's a way to fix this. There's a way to come from this and to learn from this. This is going to be difficult a bit. But God is going to use me and we'll get through this chapter of the Bible. I'm telling you, we will. Because there are instructions for wives and there are instructions for husbands. And yeah, we have to go through all of it. I'm telling y'all. Okay. So I suggest go take a bottle of water. (laughs) Let's pray that Jesus Christ open our hearts so that we can receive what needs to be received. All right. Okay, let's start. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the Lord. Let's stop right there. Hear how I was reading this before. Wives, submit yourselves. What? What? I don't have to submit to anyone. Nobody's the boss of me. I don't have to submit. This is not slavery. Uh-uh. I was not even halfway through the verse. I was already flipping my mind. I'm telling you, I was like, this is 
no way I ain't going to submit to no one, no one, no one. All right. Submit. No, I ain't going to submit. <laughs> so let's read the whole thing. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. When we submit to the Lord, what do we do? We listen to God. We ask God for advice. We come to God with our worries, with our fears. We come to God to confide in him. We come to God because we trust on his on his strength and his ability to to be a leader for us and to help us in our decision. We come to God with this expectancy that they'll be able to help us. We come to God with this expectancy that we can rely on them. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you have to do everything that your husband tell you to do and that this is like husband is you know the the how can i say this? this is not like military like this is people are taking this out of context and i was taking it out of context because i was not even reading the whole thing so today we're going to learn how to really read this okay and ask again jesus christ to open your heart so that you may receive what you need to receive okay so that's what it means submit yourselves to your own husband as you do to the lord is the same way that you come to god that's the same way that you have to come to your own husbands verse 23 for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church his body of which he is the savior here i was husband is the head nobody is the head of me why would the husband be the head of the wife why would the wife can't be the the head of the husband uh we are there nothing without uh, without us what is this no 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 yo i was (laughs) i was like no this is no just know i'm not going to deal with this i'm not accepting (laughs) this bible verse god worked with me so now i understand what it means for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church christ is the head of the church meaning that christ I have the word in French is the pillar of the church. You know, he he's he's leading the church. We make our decision based on what Christ wants because he's a leader. The husband is the leader of the wife in the sense that the husband should be one that be able to make household decisions that his wife can support him in. You should be able to rely on your husband to make decisions together, but you should be able to also say, you know what, if I'm not here and my husband is alone with the kids, I should be able to rely on his decision making. I should be able to rely on him taking care of the finances on the, on the household and things will still be kept in certain order. That's why it says for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So that leaves a responsibility 
on the husband as well, because the same way Christ is the head of the church, the same way you're the head of, of your wife, you're responsible for her, for her, um, you're responsible for her. Um, how can I say this? Not her success, but like, you need to help your wife also in her things, in her in her personal growth, in her goals, if you if your wife has a goal of becoming, I don't know, um, a new she wants to have a new career as the head of your wife, you should be able to support her. Amen. You should be able to support her. You should be able to um, be be someone that she can rely on, and that will help her. I'm sorry if my mic was a bit off. Um, you should be able to help her in that sense. You know? Let's go to verse 24. I hope so far people have not stopped the episode. Amen. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husband in everything. The church submits to Christ for everything, right? We, ch- we submit to Christ for love, for our worries, for our anxiety, for our finances. This is the same way that we should submit to our husband for the same thing in everything. Consult your husband. If it's something that is related to the household, to your family, to your, even your own personal growth, your husband should know about this. And I know, I can hear some of us. Uh, why does he need to know my business? Like I have my whole personal life. Like he doesn't need to know. No, 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 no. You're married. You are married. Whatever impacts your life uh, impacts his as well. He needs to know. And that goes both ways. Husband, you also need to share with your wife. You should be able to share those things, those thoughts, those goals that you want to do. You should be able to, um, to come to your husband for this and vice versa. But the word submit doesn't mean like if my husband tells me um, that I shouldn't wear this dress because he feel insecure about it, uh, I have to not wear it. That it's, it's not in that sense. Submit means that you come to him with things. Because your husband... As Christ is for the church, husband, you guys are the leader. You look as the leader of the marriage. God expects you to be able to lead. I didn't say to control every move and to act as if you're the boss of the world. I say to lead, meaning that we're able to rely on you for advice, for strategies to make the marriage grow, for things for the household to grow. For the education of children, if you have children, should be able to rely on one another. If you see your wife going in the wrong way, or if you notice something is off with her, she should be. You should be able to identify that and help her. That's what being a leader is. It's not to control every move that your wife does, but it's to be able to be a pillar and a sense of support for her. And wife, we should be able to submit to our husband and to say, okay, well, my husband doesn't want me to, I don't know, you you were going out with your girls and your husband is like, babe, I, 
I really would like for you to stay home because we have this to discuss. It's not for you to say, Bella, you know, whatever with you, like it can go out. But if your husband needs you to talk about something regarding the couple, stay home and compromise. Try to find a solution. Again, nowhere does it say, though, husband, you have the right to control every move your wife does and um you're the king of everything and um you know you guys are it doesn't say that husband we're coming for you too (laughs) verse 25 husband i love this husband love your wives This is the first thing it says. Does it say husband control? Does it say husband, um, you're the best? Husband, you're... No, it says husband, love your wives. And we've looked at the definition of love earlier. Love is what? Love is what? Love is kind. Love is patient. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Husband, love your wives. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Husband, loves your love your wife. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Husband, love your wives. Love never fails. Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What did Christ did for the church? He died for us. He crucified. He got crucified for us. He sacrificed his life for us. He's patient with us. He loves us. He wants the best for us. He's there all the time through ups and downs. Jesus Christ is with you. And he asked husband to love their wife the same way. Nowhere does it say to control your every aspects of her life and to make her bow down to you. It says loves your wife. Being patient, kind, do not envy, do not boast, do not be proud, do not dishonor her, do not self-seek for yourself, do, do not be easily angered, do keep don't keep records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil. It always protects, it always trusts, and always hope. And if you do those things, that's how your wife will be able to submit yourself to you, meaning you'll be able to rely on you to feel safe and to feel like she can count on you for big when big stuff happen, when storms are, are on your way, or when the household is being difficult, she can rely on you. Amen. Amen. I hope that by now, you guys have a different perspective of those verses because they are often often taken out of context verse 26 church and uh just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless What this means is Christ gave himself up for us so that we may be cleansed by our sin, so that we may be radiant. We be no stain, no wrinkle, no, no, um, when, when God, when 
Christ died for us. He took on all our sins so we don't have to suffer like we were we would have suffered. He doesn't want us to be marked by our hurt. He wants us to flourish. He wants us to be beautiful. He wants us to prosper. And that's what Christ wants husband to do with their wife. Your wife when she's with you should feel by herself she should already feel beautiful but when she's with you she should always feel like she is you know like you love her and you find her beautiful and you're going to make sure that no hurt gets to her you're going to protect her by all means because she's your wife that's what it means in the same way husbands verse 28 in this same way husband ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself listen that is why this this verse has been taken out of context y'all i'm telling you we as women i'm talking for myself personally have i stopped at wife submit i was like i'm done Husband is head of the wife. I was like, I'm done. And, but when you continue and you ask God to reveal to you, okay, seriously, what does this mean? You realize this is all love. And husbands, maybe some guys were like, ha, husband is the head of the wife. (laughs) So I can do what I want. That's right. Wife submit. Wife submit. No. You forget about verse 25 when it says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That is deep. That is so deep. Love your wife as your own body. That means that if when you yell at her or when you call her fat to try to hurt her or you dislike her clothes for no reason, that's revealing how you're treating your own self. So if you have issues, and same thing goes both ways, right? Wife also, but if you have issues on how you view yourself, do not condemn your spouse for this and ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. Ask God to reveal to you where you have been hurt. Husband, love your wife as your own body. If you're someone that takes care of your body, you make sure you look good, that is healthy. You make sure, you know, that's the same way you have to treat your wife. You make sure that she's well. She's well mentally. She's well physically. She's she's well spiritually with her faith. Is everything going well with her? Because it will show how much you love yourself you cannot love any you can love you cannot love others if you don't love yourself you can't you really cannot it doesn't work so we need a moment I think we just need a moment. That was a lot. I personally need a moment. (laughs) The beauty of this Bible verse is um, 
in uh in verse 32 it says this is a profound mystery but i'm talking about christ and the church and um this whole bible verse for real it is like an analogy to represent what it means uh for christ to love us like christ is like the husband and we're the wife as a church but it is also used for relationship and for marriages because it is a good way to show how husband and wife should um treat one another and in verse 33 it says however each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband so again it's equal like we should respect each other we should submit to one another we should love one another so for those that are in the circle relationship ask god to reveal to you if you have respected any of those principles and ask god to fix whatever hurt whatever um false belief that's in your heart about what marriage should be because it is not fair for someone to be solo in a marriage and to feel alone when you're with someone it is not fair and it's very hurtful and again this episode is not to um hurt anyone or to judge anyone because this is not easy but it was just to show you how <laughs> personally i've really disliked this bible verse for so long because i stopped short i stopped at wife submit i was like i ain't submitting to nobody but once you in a relationship with god you understand what it means and the fact that it does tell husband to love their wife as jesus christ loves us poo that's a lot of love and love should be the essence of every relationship and it should not be this self-seeking it should not be easily angered it should not keep records of wrong and it should not dishonor one another so if you have trouble with this bible verse ephesians 5 22 to 33 remember what love is and it will be all good you'll be like okay i get it because corinthians you remember corinthians in 1 corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 to 8 it's legit description of what love is remember that and all will be well amen i hope <laughs> so my circle relationship i know that by god's grace it will be transformed into a triangle it's really to ask god to reveal to you if you're wrong and when how can you fix this and acknowledge your spouse in your marriage acknowledge their needs and put their needs in front of you just like jesus christ did for us does for us daily jesus christ only thinks of us he only thinks about our well-being and if we're okay and that's how we should treat one another with love and with care because marriages is holy it's such a holy covenant between husband wife and god it should not be treated lightly 
And for the couples and their marriages that are in a triangle form where God is at the center and you and your husband are trying both to grow in your faith or you're born again Christians or you're, you know, looking to seek God together or for yourself. Um, you're working together to get closer to God and that will allow you both to come closer together. So that's why in every form, in the square and the circle, I told you again and again, go to God, go to God, go to God, because God will reveal things about you that you probably didn't know. And the closer you get to God, the closer you'll get to your spouse, because while God is working on you, there are more things that will be revealed about yourself and you'll be more and more patient and you'll be less inclined to guilt trip the other person or you'll be less inclined to uh, put your your unhappiness on the other person now that God is working with you. So I would like us to go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesias, Ecclesias, chapter four, Ecclesias, chapter four, verse nine to 12. So beautiful. And I love this verse because it's also a solution to your trouble. It's like a reminder of why you're in a marriage or why you're in a relationship and why God loves love and why it's important to love one another. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 to 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. Because you're two actively participating in your relationship. You're two working things together for the sole purpose of being happy together and you work it you're working with your partner towards that goal and if either of you falls down the other one can pick them up and that's why i say like you should be able to count on your husband or your wife to be picked up if you're down it goes both ways so if you want to be the leader you want to be the head of the house and everything well head of a house we should be able to count on you when the house is about to be divided you know it takes a lot of responsibility to be with someone and to be in a marriage it takes a lot of responsibility but it is worth it it is worth it for all those reasons they will keep warm you can help one another you can overcome things together better. You can defend the other person and you're stronger. Plus, if you have God in your relationship, poof, 
You guys are good. <laughs> You're good to go. You're good to go. So that was kind of a surprise episode for me. I did not expect to um, to talk about this geometry clean love. And I'm telling you, um, God really led that from start to the end. And um, I ask you to really talk to God about this. Talk to God. Talk to God about this to see if um, if your relationship is in a square, is it in a circle, is it in a triangle. And for those single ladies and fellas like me, I was like, I don't need to hear this. Yes, you do. Um, because we'll be married one day and all of this will be faithful. Prepare for what, prepare for what you're expecting. You know, God wants his children to be happy and wants his children to be together and to do, and to do great things. So aim for that triangle relationship between husband and wife and God at the center and really put God in every decision, in every situation that you face with your husband or with your wife. Ask God to help you. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for discernment. Ask God for perseverance. Ask God to remind you what love is. Not what IG says about love. What Not what TikTok says about love. What does God say about love? And I showed you Bible verses that you can go, but there are much more that you can Google it. You can Google Bible verses about love, marriage. It will appear <laughs> and you'll see it. But as a reminder, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. And it always perseveres. But most importantly, love never fails. It never fails. So that was it. <laughs> that was it. And... um. Um, I'm going to end this with a prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, I come to you. Uh, I want to say thank you, first of all, for leading this entire episode from start to beginning and for giving me the strength to do this. Father God, I thank you for all the marriages that you're going to help with this word and for all the relationship that you're going to help as well. I thank you for all the kingdom marriages that you're going to bless people with. I thank you for all the obstacles that those couple are going to overcome. I thank you for the for the healing that you're going to do in their hearts, the healing that you're going to do in their relationship. I thank you in advance for the love and the joy that you're going to pour into those couples, into this the the people that are even single. I thank you in advance for their marriages, for their relationship. I thank you, Heavenly Father, in the powerful mighty name of Jesus Christ, I've prayed. Amen. Till we meet again on another episode of Divine Timing Ministry Podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Talk to you soon.